Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Peace of Christ Church podcast. Peace of Christ Church is a small but mighty community in the heart of Central Texas in the Austin metro area, practicing radical love and radical inclusion as part of the work of Jesus and of God's kingdom coming on earth. So we welcome you to our podcast today. Um, This podcast exists as part of um, our desire to share our sermons with you, but also some extra fun content that we have going. We sort of realize that we tend to have a lot of really interesting conversations that other people might want to hear. So we are pressing record sometimes on those conversations. So welcome. I'm here with Matthew Henzelka. He is our pastor of community care. Hello, friends of peace. I'm here with Aurelia. She's our lead pastor. Hi. I'm also here with my good friend, Brittany Graves, who is executive pastor at Sunrise Church in South Austin. Hey, everybody. And I am Fran Pratt. I'm pastor of worship and liturgy at Peace of Christ Church. And again, we welcome you. What we're doing this this past month or so is a fun sermon series where we've titled Poetic Imagination, in which we explore themes of spirituality and poetry and how they intersect and how poetry helps deepen the human soul, enliven the human soul, and deepen our experience of faith and open us up to a a greater awareness of the presence of God in the world. So one of the things that we'd like to share with you today is an amazing piece of slam poetry, spoken word, that Aurelia and Brittany wrote for, they originally wrote it for a conference, um, but they would love to share it with us today. I'm really excited to hear it. Yeah, and I think a great place for us to begin as we get into that would be uh, the origin story. How did you two come together to write this? Tell us us about that. Me? Okay, she's nodding to me. Uh, So Brittany and I actually met because we went to the same seminary, and we didn't go at the same time, but that's how we met, and we reconnected at this conference that we wrote this poem for a year later, the next conference. Um, Anyway, yeah, that's how we met. (laughs) And then we connected, and Brittany started coming to our church, She's a part of our church community, a part of our family, even though she has to do this pastor work (laughs) at another church somewhere else. (laughs) She is also a part of our beloved community. And so Brittany and I collaborated to write this poem for this conference. Uh, And through that, we just, we learned that we like working together and being creative together. So hopefully there will be more, more poems coming. Yes, hopefully. More, more spoken word. Can I add to that? Please. I also just want to um, tell you how beloved your pastor is to me mm-hmm. um, because she asked me to do this before the conference began, um, and I think it was a big part of her seeing my own journey um, and knowing that it was something that needed to live on outside of my own experience um, and allow other people to hear and see and have safe um, to share their own experience as well. Um, so it was a great experience to be able to do this and much, much more to come. It's going to be great. Amen. Um, so one note that I have is this poem does contain content that could be triggery for some people. It does contain themes related to sexual violence, um, 
And it is a very empowering piece, but could be triggering for those who have been victims. And we also use the P word, patriarchy. So it could be triggering for men (laughs) with fragile egos. I say that in jest, but there's a lot of truth in that joke. (laughs) (laughs) So will you tell us a little bit more about why you created this piece? And how does and how or does it interact or intersect with your pastoral work, each of you? All right, I think I'll take that one. So for me, um, working as a pastor, um, I think it's been important to learn how to utilize my voice um, and allow other people the space to do that as well. Um, personally, for me, writing this poem. Um, was a big part of giving myself permission to allow my story to be told and realizing at the time, I think it was no longer able to, I was no longer able to keep that inside of my body. Um, so it needed to be expressed um, and be, to be told. So it was a big part of healing for me initially Um, And as I've spoken more openly about it, recognizing and realizing how many people have been affected um, and also giving them the space and empowering them to do the same. Well, for me, you know, I think that every person being, we're all people who are born with a level of the ability to have compassion and love. And so every person has something that burdens them, some mm-hmm. kind of brokenness about the world that burdens them and they want, they have compassion for and they want to call out and be a part of redeeming that brokenness. And so for me, as a person, as a woman, I think that I'm just burdened by the harm patriarchal structures have caused specifically as a pastor in the church, in the way people interpret theology, in the way people interpret the Bible. Uh, I'm just burdened by the harm that I've seen as I've studied history and as I've seen mm-hmm. it play out today and in, in small microaggressions and huge ways and in gender roles. And, and so, you know, as a preacher... We like to talk about the preacher as a prophet, and the role of a prophet in the Old Testament was to tell the truth. And so it's hard for me to, to see all these things that burden me in terms of harmful systemic structures and not allow that to inform the way that I preach and the way that I pastor. And so the themes in this poem really relate to the burden on my soul to talk about these mm. these things that are difficult they're hard for people to hear these conversations are heavy uh and sometimes people might think I'm a little bit crazy <laughs> cuz I talk about it a lot it's it's kind of social justice art yeah yeah social justice art i like that yeah so i think i just feel compelled to tell the truth and and this is a truth that my soul is burdened with. And Brittany, I recognize in her that same thing. I recognize that in both of you guys. But this poem is called Speak. And so it really touches on 
the foundation of that. So I can hear how this giving voice to your experiences is personally therapeutic, personally healing. But why the fire in your bones to do this so publicly, to shout it from the rooftops? Say, say more about why not just write it in your diary or on a piece of paper and keep that close and beautiful and held. Why make it public? Where's, say more about the value of that. I'd say mostly um, because it's time. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I think it's been time. Um, and there's more spaces now um, that at least I can feel safe um, proclaiming that. And even if I'm not safe, it's still a truth that others need to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also believe that it's something that God's calling um, me to do to empower others in their own lives. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved what you said, Brittany, about <clears throat> needing to get to get it out of your body. You said the word body. And I think that's beautiful. And I love the thought of how you you were faithful to that urge and you got it out of your body and it became this other body, this other, this poetic body that then, I don't know, gives permission to other people to express maybe. I think that's beautiful. Yeah. And I think, you know, we are creating a, we want to create a different world for our children mm-hmm. and having a daughter, Fran, you, you know, you have two daughters, Matt, you have a daughter mm-hmm. it's why I write things like this and then say them out loud too maybe if it were just me I would just write them mm-hmm. but I have to add that too mm-hmm. because yeah. of our kids and that's why we do what we do at our church that's why it we is. keep creating because we want our kids to go to a church that won't harm them in terms of putting them in societal boxes of what Mm -hmm. they have to be and then projecting that onto how they view God. There are so many reasons why that's so harmful and we've experienced that harm. Mm -hmm. We don't want our kids to experience that. So that's kind of my why. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I also, I recently was just talking about um, generational curses um, and somehow Things continue on in your family cycles without you even realizing it. Mm. Um, so it's also about naming those and stopping those oh, cycles yeah. from living on. Um, that way we can recognize them and call them out and give new life in a new way um, for our truth to be told um, so that everyone hears it and we even recognize it within ourselves. Yeah. What's, yeah. what's coming to mind at the moment, and this is not a perfect metaphor or parallel, but Jesus encounters the demoniac, and the first thing he says is, what is your name? He names it, like you're saying. We name these ills in our society. And then, and then he can cast it out once he's mm-hmm. named it. That's what I hear you saying. Let's, let's give voice to this. Let's give a name Preach, to man. it. Preach. Mm-hmm. Y'all didn't ask for that this sermon. Good. <laughs> that was good. <clears throat> Love yeah. it. All right. Well, are you guys ready to share your poem with us? Let's do you do need this. a breath? Yes. Okay. Take a breath. Take a moment. We'll have just a, a settling moment. Okay. This is called Speak. It's bedtime for my three-year-old. I chase her down, promising her five more minutes of playtime after PJs. 
She chooses a Peppa Pig set, then climbs onto the elephant stool pushed against the bathroom counter where I brush her teeth with strawberry toothpaste. We play for the five minutes I promised, and when it's time to pick out books, she chooses a religious one. As I read, I find myself intentionally interchanging feminine pronouns in place of all the he's and him's and fathers describing God. It is a small show of defiance, a subversive act of anger at the institution, the broken system, societal perpetuation, the theological propagation that has caused so much damage to women and girls, and I'm angry, so angry. But I've got a tiny one sitting in my lap, and I have to carry on for her sake. So we read our books and we sing our songs. We turn out the lights, and as I rock her, I pray to myself, God, may she be healthy and whole. God, may she be brave and kind. God, hold her in your truth. God, protect her. May she be safe from abuse. May she never know the violence of assault. May the evils of harassment never touch her. God, protect her. God, please. Every night is the same, a prayer turned to pleading, my words spill out, hopelessly bleeding onto the pages of her storybooks, and the only way I know how, which is to switch out those damn pronouns, because I know the statistics. I know the reality. I know they aren't in her favor. I am more than angry. I am anger. I want to speak something new into existence. I want her ambitions, aspirations to be relevant. The dreams in her eyes already burn so bright, they light a fire in me to speak. I am ablaze with this fight. And for me, as a pastor and a preacher, this speaking begins with theology, transforming theology, reclaiming theology, throwing out all the harmful man-made theology. And so I speak my truth for Cosette, because if I don't, I have failed her. So I speak. It took me over one year to speak, to recognize the trauma festering in my body, to begin to heal, to process, to grieve. And when I finally mustered up the courage to take my experiences about sexual violence outside of my therapist's office, I felt like the door was open, then slammed in my face. Title IX, Waco PD. Truett Seminary, all these institutions, you have done nothing to advocate for me. I have spent most of my time overcoming a fucked up system. I have sacrificed my health, my well-being, spent money to survive and remain alive, maintaining and increasing my self-care. After reliving trigger after trigger, after experiencing pain and adding these inefficient processes to my list of disappointments, after giving myself pep talks, it will be okay. This is not only for me. Stand in my truth. Speak. At the end of the day, sadly with this world we live in, I did not expect justice, but I expected something Something more than two closed cases and a business card with someone saying, let me know if there's anything I can do to help. My resiliency is a full-time job that I don't get paid for. I work for free. Also, we can change the language and conversation about the harm of psychological abuse that comes with sexual violence. I cannot tell you how many hours, days, Months I've spent making space that I will continue to spend cultivating place, belonging, acceptance for people to speak. 
My role as pastor and preacher has shifted. Now we have the platform, my sisters, to use our truth for good theological advancement. These old school outdated power structures must change. How much justice can a woman expect if her expectations don't have places to thrive? It's time to break down walls and build new creations like nevertheless she preached. A response to the haters, to the privileged, to the takers, a response to the side eyes and anyone with the audacity to say, stay in a woman's place. Nevertheless, she preached, this is a safe place, an emboldened place, where we come together, stories protected, perspectives uplifted, to speak without shame, without fear, speak. We will take our brokenness and make it beauty. We will take our grief and with it generate justice. Speak. We will take our pain and make it power. We will take our exhaustion and make it energy. If you, you call, call yourself, yourself a leader, a preacher, a person of God, speak. For change. For good. To hope. Do not remain silent. Speak into being new spaces, just places, safe havens, new ways for every day to hold opportunity for our daughters. Where sexist, egotistical, self-absorbed ignorance no longer exists. Where women's lives matter because our voices matter. Where little girls are valuable because we spoke for them. We spoke for them so they could one day speak for themselves. It, it may seem like no use. It may seem unthinkable, inconceivable. Nevertheless, we speak, we preach, we minister, we move through the world without apology. This is how we will make the impossible possible. We will use our voices. We will persist. We will speak. Absolutely beautiful. Damn. Beautiful. <laughs> I, I know I was supposed to just be letting that wash over me, but I had to take notes as that was going on because I because I see my five-year-old little girl in my mind and I'm more afraid for the world she's going to encounter than her big brother's going to encounter but but I'm less afraid after that experience I just had with you two Thank you for sharing, you two. We appreciate and value your creativity. We appreciate and value your voices going out into the world. And we pray a blessing on them that they will increase and that their resonance will increase and that you will be heard and be loud. Thanks. Thanks. Amen. We love you, Brittany. We want you to come back and be on our podcast again. <laughs> yes, please. I love y'all more than you know. <laughs> it's going to happen. Yes. <laughs> more conversations to come. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Peace. Cue the music. We don't have any music. <laughs> Yet.